So Money episode 478, Courtney Daniel, founder of Courtney Daniel Designs. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. Episode 478. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Can you believe it? 478. We're almost at 500. We're going to hit it this year. I can't believe it. You know, we may have gotten here sooner had I stuck with a seven day per week format. You remember when I was super crazy and I did the show seven days per week and then five days per week? What was I thinking? I mean, there was some strategy to it. It worked. Y'all started joining the show and, um, you know, we got some momentum pretty quickly, but I was dying a slow death and I decided to go to three days per week. It's been much better for my health and my mental sanity. And I happy to say it hasn't really slowed us down much. We've gotten even more listeners where every show is getting more listens. It's been great for the show. And when I read these episode numbers out loud now, I can't believe the milestones we've hit and I could not have done it without you. So thank you very much. All of this to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you is kind of the theme of this episode today. We're talking to a woman who her career, her entrepreneurial destiny is to make beautifully handcrafted thank you cards and invitations and just beautiful pieces of art. Really, she sent me a thank you card in the mail the other day And I told her, I'll tell her, you'll hear it on the show. It's the prettiest thank you card I've ever received. And it was handmade, obviously. So I'm not throwing this thing out. This will like collect dust on my table for years to come. I'll I'll dust it. But it's the point is, it's never going to leave my sight. And I will forever remember her. I think that's the point, right? You want to write these thank you cards that... um, will have value and people will really appreciate. Because usually you get a thank you card and what's the shelf life? Like a week, 10 days. I always feel bad throwing out cards. I have a box full of cards from my wedding and from special occasions. But um, every card that I have to toss because I just have to, it really kind of breaks my heart a little bit. So Courtney's designs are giving us an excuse to keep them. And there is nothing like getting a handwritten card in the mail, right? I mean, we get so much junk mail. I get personally so much these like random catalogs like tapestry catalogs um sailing catalogs I'm like who how did I get on these lists I don't know but it's kind of annoying and I feel bad for the trees but when I get a thank you card in the mail I love it I can't wait to open it I can't wait to read it I hold on to it for as long as I can as long as my small apartment in Brooklyn will afford me and so Courtney Daniel is our guest today she went from fulfilling the needs of celebrities as a personal assistant to the stars cool job to now running her own business making beautifully handcrafted stationery so clearly there is life after fetching lattes for the rich and famous Her business is called Courtney Daniel Designs, and she has been nationally recognized as an American small business champion and United States Postal Service postmark winner. And you might be surprised to hear why she doesn't think she's so money yet. Is she just being humble? What is she waiting for? Uh, I ask her, got to ask her, the best and worst parts of being a celebrity assistant What's it like? And she doesn't really give us the who's who of the celebrities she worked for. She tries to maintain some privacy there. Totally 
get that and respect that. But she does give us some interesting, juicy behind the scenes of working for, uh, you know, the rich and famous and the things that she had to do, the good and the bad. What was very touching to learn from Courtney and something that she doesn't share really anywhere else. I was surprised to hear it, how the business was actually born. What was the impetus for this? It was actually a cathartic act as she was dealing with a pretty big health scare in her family. All's well now, but it's a very intimate detail about Courtney and her life and um, you'll want to hear it. So here we go. Here's Courtney Daniel. Courtney Daniel, welcome to So Money. First off, thank you so much for your thank you card to me. It arrived actually a couple days before today uh, in anticipation of our interview. You sent me a wonderful, beautifully handmade card. And I have to say, no joke, it's the most beautiful card, most thoughtful card I've ever received in my life for any purpose. My husband hasn't even gotten me a nice card like this. Probably because he doesn't know how to do crafts, but this is, uh, it was such a treat and thank you. And obviously you're in the right field. You're doing your life's work. Thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to share my story and to, uh, answer any questions that you may have. All right. Any question? All right. Well, (laughs) be careful what you wish for. I want to first start with your, background, how you got here, um, you know, I think what's really interesting is that you started out as a celebrity assistant. How do you become a celebrity assistant? Like how I would say that for some people, that would be a dream job in the beginning, like in their 20s. You know, it's really great access. You get to meet some interesting people. But then, of course, there might be some horror stories too. Celebrities can be demanding. So tell us how you got into that field and why you stuck with it for as long as you did. Sure. Um, we had, my husband and I had a mutual friend who went to church with us and she was uh, into PR and she knew the people, the who to know in Atlanta. She knew everyone. And so I mentioned to her that um, I wouldn't mind being a personal assistant. And I was kind of like joking. And uh, she was like, are you serious? And then I was like, why you ask? And she's like, are you serious, Courtney? And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, I said, ideally, after, you know, I leave the banking industry, I would like to do something that's more hands-on where I can feel like I'm helping um, because I'm very administrative and I just like to be um, behind the scenes. And she's like, I have someone who you need to meet. So she introduced me to a lady whom had her own personal assistant company in Atlanta. And from there, um, I met um, the lady and we did an internship. So this internship was for about two to three months. Um, it was a no pay internship. I just had to come in and, and learn the ropes. And from there, I was connected with one of the celebrities. Now, I didn't start out working with them right away. It's just like after maybe like the month, a month and a half, um, I would go to the celebrity house and do some work out of their home and, you know, just little minor stuff. They wanted to see if I would be a good fit before, you know, they turned over everything to me. So I would work a couple hours. And from there, um, you know, I ended up working with this uh, family that was great. And this celebrity was well known, very well known in Atlanta as well. And from there, it just, you know, it just blossomed. Um, 
the one thing I can say is that when you're working for celebrities, you are just there for that one celebrity. So you can't work for multiple celebrities at one time. So um, I just had to go in. You ask a lot of questions. Uh, you learn the family. Um, you learn the kids. Uh, you learn their needs. So you're really there to get things done. It's no time to um, it's no time to think per se. It's like if something comes at you, you have to get it done. It's not a, um, I can't, I didn't know how, I didn't have the resources. And actually for me, to be honest, I didn't have resources. Um, because like I said, it was just something that I had mentioned and it, it was a dream job of mine, but I didn't think that it would come that easily just by me opening my mouth and telling, um, our at church. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just telling her at church. Um, but when I first started, I didn't have the resources. So you have to be, you have to think outside the box and mm -hmm. you have to start building those relationships very quickly because you never know what they're going to ask for. And then they expect you to get it done. It's not, you can't come That's back. That's crazy with, to me. That I mean, yeah. I don't, I've never had a personal assistant like yeah. that. I have a work mm -hmm. assistant. Mm -hmm. And so her responsibilities are you know, within a framework of my, mm -hmm. of my business, um, mm -hmm. I, I would, I don't feel comfortable asking her to like take my kids somewhere or, oh. you know, um, bake yeah. me a birthday cake or, yeah. you know, go pick up my car, you know, but, but you had, was there anything that you didn't like doing or that you were asked to do that was, what was, what was off limits? <laughs> yeah, the one thing that I didn't like doing, but I did it anyway, um, because um, you just never know. If you say no, you never know if that'll be like, OK, well, we don't need you anymore. So you just grin and bear. The one thing that I did not like doing is um, looking after the dogs. I am so not a dog person because when I was smaller, um, I remember a dog chasing me and the dog jumped on me. And then from that day on, I've never just felt connected with dogs. So it was so uh, fearful and, and very um, hard for me to look after the dog, meaning to get that low with them and mm -hmm. to, to feed them and get in their face and play with them or let alone I'm have them. You. I'm with you. I have a similar experience <gasps> yeah. as a kid and it is, yeah. I mean, it screws you up for the rest of your life. Right. It does. <laughs> um, so you can't tell us who you worked with, but um, what was what you what was I guess the the biggest learning experience from working with a celebrity so closely? Given that now you're running your own business in a completely different realm, you have uh, Courtney Daniel Designs, which is uh, a company that makes beautifully handcrafted stationery. But so, what was the biggest takeaway that you're applying now to your new business? Um, my biggest takeaway was to not take things personal um, because I had to look, I'm there to help them be successful at what they're doing or to give them the support they need so that they can continue to focus on those meetings or those promotions that they have coming up or whatever it is. So when they would Say, for instance, if the attitudes weren't adding up that day or wasn't, weren't lining up that day and it's taken out all on you. Now, I can't say in the beginning I did have a problem with that. I'm just going to be honest. In the beginning, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, let's step back. But um, as I continue to grow in that position and, and learn that it's a high demand when you're in those type of positions, it's very stressful. It's a high demand. And it's like, you know, 
they're, they're not sleeping. They have to be, you know, one minute, one in the same day. You can be in L.A. and Atlanta at one time. I mean, in the same day. And so I just learned not to take things personal. So I transit. I, it kind of um, kind of filtered over into my business as to when I hear no. It's not like no, like never no. It's like not right now. So I kind of just have built that tough skin of saying, okay, you know, maybe not right now, but I'll follow up later. That kind of thing. So, so yeah, that's the one thing that I had to quickly learn or else I felt like I wouldn't have survived that position as long um, as I did. Yeah. Don't take things personally and try Mm -hmm. not to. I I mean, I think we all have to learn that because Mm -hmm. in in an early stages when you're just starting out Mm -hmm. and it's your dream job and Mm -hmm. people are dumping their attitude on you, it does, it does, and you're young and you're impressionable. I mean, it's going to have consequences and you're going to have right. your feelings hurt. But I think, um, the, the, the quicker you can get over that, the better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a rejection is not failure. It's just, a. Uh-huh. Uh, it just means you have to maybe couch this for now. Right. And so tell us about Corny Daniel Designs. This is obviously to me, you, you don't just do this for the money. You do this for the passion. Exactly. Where did it start? Did, is this something that you always liked doing as a kid, making stationery, crafting, design? Well, I started back in back in 05, you know, just as a hobby, just something to do. And um, honestly, it was actually an outlet that for me, when um, my son was going through uh, cancer treatments. So it, it was... Um, it was something that allowed me to be able to express myself by hand and to put every bit of feeling into what I was designing because um, at the time I was pregnant and when you're pregnant, you can't go back to radiations. You can hardly be around chemo treatment. So it was like a, a bunch of built up emotions inside and crafting was my outlet. I would put, I would see a vision in my head and I would just make it happen. And sometimes those visions are be, you know, very far fetched, but I made it happen. And that brought me the joy that I needed inside of me to deal with what I was dealing with at the time. And to also to be able to express that kind of love to my son while he was going through mm-hmm. what he was going through at the time. But I have always been the type of person who have, who has thought outside of the box I don't like to be, um, I don't like to have anything that everyone else has. Mine has to be different. Um, and, and that's just me. And that's a way of just expressing myself because I'm a naturally, I'm an introvert. So I've always just been quiet and I'm trying to, um, figure out ways how to make my voice heard. And I found it through my creations. And how is your son today? He is very well. He is, um, Ashley, as of September, he will be six years cancer free. So, yes, he's doing really well. How old is he? He's uh, nine. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. I'm so happy that that's 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 the best news. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that during our conversation because that's not really anywhere in your branding. You don't you, that no. personal story is not something right. that you lead with. Although I think right. uh, for me, that's what makes this really unforgettable. Now you know mm-hmm. is that you, through a catharsis, mm-hmm. uh, needing some sort of escape as you ca- I can't even imagine what you were going through at that time as a mom. 
um, was born something unexpected, uh, you know, this thriving business. So tell us now, you know, how you're scaling this business. Because as I look at the card that you made me, it is handmade. Yes. And you told me that it took hours and you're one person who makes this. So how are you growing the business? I'm sure demand is hopefully through the roof. Yeah, it's getting there. Yes, it is getting there. And um, not all of the cards are made like yours. Um, so most of the cards- so my card's that, special? Yay. Very, very special. <laughs> yes, very special. And um, all of the cards are not made um, that detail, but they do have a lot of detail in them. And that's the thing that I really like most is that it's intimate, it's personal, and it reflects their personality. So I like to get, I like to speak with the clients on the phone. And then um, what I do is just come up with two designs on which they would like. And um, they pick whichever one that they like or which speaks or represents them the best. And I would work on those. Now, I do have an intern who helps sometimes, but for those jobs that are very intricate and detailed, um, I like to do those myself. And I start on those very early. And I, I joke with my husband and I say, you know, I say, you know how people, they order the Bentley. Most of those are custom made. Those are, you know, they're very down to the detail. It's very specific for what the client wants. And that's how I see my myself. Although, you know, I may not be able to push out 20 cards very detailed 20 cards in one day, just know when you do receive those 20 cards, they're going to be very well made and they're going to be every reflection on what you would like to see. Now, some of the cards I do have as well, they're, they're regular print cards, you know, um, where I could just print those and add a couple detailed embellishments on the front. And then that'll be it because that's what the client likes. So, um, that's what I do like about the business. It's not like the same kind of cookie cutter designs every day. It's very customized to that individual. And I really try to put those details into my work. You work with people who are planning weddings, obviously. That's, I think, the one industry that a hand, you know, beautiful imitation is very high in demand. Are people giving writing, handwriting thank you cards as much as they once were? I feel like that's a lost art. No, actually, they're not. And it is becoming a lost art. But for me, that's where I step in and I help them to do that. Because sometimes, you know, we get busy in our lives and it's like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to send, you know, Sally a card for her graduation. And I want to say this message, but it never happens. It's like we'll start the step of going to the store. You buy the card. And next thing you know, it's sitting on your counter for weeks and you don't find it until you're looking through the pile of bill, bills and it's like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to send, you know, Sally her car for her graduation. So I would step in to make sure that um, the clients are staying connected with those people who support them and to make their business go. Um for instance, uh, I like to work with the business owners where, you know, they're they have, for instance, a car dealership. Now, most of the time, if we're buying a car, we don't get a thank you card. We don't. We just get that first bill. You know, <laughs> no way. They just got to upsell you and all the warranties <laughs> before you leave. Oh. Right. It's like you get that payment and it's like it's due. But I feel a nice touch would be where I could 
come in and we write that thank you card and you make it personal to them. And it also works on those listening skills. Like, were you listening to me when I was conversating with you or are you just wanting to get to the sales parts? So if they're able to identify something specific to that person, um, say for instance, and congratulations on your newborn baby that's coming up, um, I feel like that's the kind of connections on which we um, can make now that'll last a lifetime. Um, they'll keep that card. That's something that they're not going to throw away. They're going to remember you. They're going to start sending you referrals because it is personal. It's, it is intimate. And it's like, you know, wow, I've never received a, a card from the car dealership saying, you know, congratulating me on the baby. And we weren't even talking about, you know, the car, you know, it's that kind of thing. So it, it, it doesn't happen as often. Um, I like, to receive handwritten letters. I like to receive hand addressed things and I would open those as opposed to something that has my name typed on it, (laughs) you know? Um, I will say this though. I won't say who Mm -hmm. did this to me, but it was uh, someone I was paying to help me with my, with an aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was like a long-term relationship. And this Mm -hmm. person would send me a thank you card, literally like 10 times a year for things that were so, unnecessary. It almost Mm -hmm. felt that every time I get a card, it was like, oh, here's another card. It kind of lost its touch. So there is such a thing as overdoing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can easily see that. But you want it's for those big moments. Um, like I said before, like if you're working with a representative who just got you this major deal with this, you know, corporation yeah. you've been going after. Now, that's the time to say thank you, but not saying thank you for giving me the blue T-shirt and the, you know, <laughs> or it was or, great talking to you on the phone yeah. yesterday. Yes, exactly. What? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from. The drag and drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. So are you the breadwinner in your marriage? Um, Actually, no, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I just asked because you're an entrepreneur, you're female, so I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if this also means for you, like it does in for some others, that it you know they're the the top uh, top earner. No, actually, I'm not not as of yet, um, but I am supported by my husband. He supports me, um, you know, wholeheartedly, and I'm able to. That's the reason why I'm able to do this business um, because of the res- support I receive from him. So I'm very Wonderful. lucky and thankful in that you know aspect of it. Well, I hope that you do get to achieve all your money goals one yeah. day. And speaking of that, what's your money philosophy? What's your money mantra, Courtney? You know, I I asked myself, do I really need it? 
And what I mean by that is, you know, if I'm, I'm going out to, to the store and I ask myself, do I really need it? And would it be something that I'm able to go home right away and make use of? Like, you know, uh, uh, some, some food for the refrigerator as opposed to a shirt that's going to hang in my closet, you know, for a long time. So I always try to ask myself that. And if I don't need it, it allows that item or whatever it is to stay there. And I can walk away feeling that I made that great decision of not spending it because it's something that's cute or, you know, I felt that I, I need at the, at the time. I'm I'm with you. I did that the other day. I was a gap. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son is obsessed with fire trucks right now. Like yes. anything with wheels, especially a fire truck, he will. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him shriek more over anything. <laughs> so they had these really cute pajamas. They were fifty percent off. One had all these fire trucks on it. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I picked it up. I was like, I'm gonna buy this. It was gonna be like ten dollars. But then I, I sort of thought, like you, like you said, like do does he really need it? No. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was buying it more for myself. Right. And for him, so I put it back. And even though like $10, you know, it's mm-hmm. you know, pajamas, that's pretty good value. But right. um, I just asking yourself that question, believe it or not, more often than not, you will put it back on the shelf mm-hmm. or on the rack and you will be mm-hmm. much happier and you'll be happy to tell that story to someone. Right, right. And that's why I have to I brace myself when I go into a craft store or something like that. It's like, Courtney, Ooh. do you really need it? Mike, <laughs> what's your favorite craft store? Michael's? Michael's or Joanne's or Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Where do you source your materials? Because I feel like um, sometimes it might make sense to get them from China or, you know, because you are working with really beautiful materials, but also you want to make sure that your margins are healthy. Right. Um, Honestly, I do it from all over. So I do get some things from China as well. Um, I do order online um, when it comes to bulk items such as paper, you know, color papers, the envelopes and things of that nature. But if I need something that's really quick for a job that, um, you know, I may have run out of, you know, X, Y, Z item, I would run to Michael's or Hobby Lobby or Joanne's to get that. So so it, it, I use all three and it, it just depends on what I need at the time to make more sense. You know, I remember interviewing um, a fashion designer, a famous fashion mm-hmm. designer. And she when she was just starting out, she wasn't really mm-hmm. aware of where to source things and where to get mm-hmm. things cheaply. So mm-hmm. and her demand was picking up fast. And she told me one time she had to go get, you know, metal buttons for her purses from Home Depot. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking that is not sustainable. <laughs> Right, Maybe right, just no. for that one or two, mm-hmm. you know, sample purses, but mm-hmm. it, like you can't manufacture things going to Home Depot and selling them by the, you know, the thousands that would, you know, not give, leave you much left over. Right. And you would not be happy with yourself after committing to that job either. You know? Right, right. So um, <laughs> would you ever say no in your business? What do you say no to? And People I asked that because who, you said yes to everything when you were a personal assistant. So I hope you've earned yourself the right to say no now to a few things. Oh, yes, definitely. I have. And I'm happy to say no. <laughs> um, I say no to those people who want to receive discounts on um, of my on my work. Hmm. And um, I say no to those who will send me designs and um they can't make up their mind. Like they've sent me 12 designs and it's only like, you can only have two without paying that extra fee for the next design. So at that point, I just politely say, you know, at this, at this time, you know, just say something politically correct. Um, we're, 
it says that I, I gave you the expectations up front and as of right now, it doesn't seem as you're adhering to them. And um, I like not to spend any more time on this because that's time wasted when you have those people who just want 12 different things for that one price. And it doesn't make sense because I've spent time coming up with these, these designs and I'm not getting anything from that, but just putting into you and then ultimately you don't end up buying anyway. So I've said no to that. I've just said no, no, no. Yeah. Indecisive customers, not a good use of your time or their uh-huh. time. Right. What would you say is a uh, money memory that you had growing up as a kid? Tell us what about your childhood, your background and how money played a role in your upbringing. What was a memory that you remember vividly? Um, um, well, my earliest um, money memory would be it's just growing up um, in a single parent household. It was just my mom. And for her, it was work, work, work. So I could just remember, you know, uh, my sisters and I, we would always go to my grandmother's or we would go to the neighbors or the uncle or the aunt. And I would always ask, like, why isn't mom around? Why isn't mom, you know, there to to be with us, you know, when we get out of school, why isn't an adult there? And it's because she had to work, work, work and put in those long hours so that she could, you know, continue to support us, you know, as kids. And so the good thing that I was able to take away from that whole experience is just the work ethic and how when you have no choice but to do what you have to do, you're going to give it your all. And um, I saw my mom, although, you know, as a, as a young child you don't see the only thing you see is the absent part you don't remit you don't know what's going on until you get a little bit older and then you understand and I felt I feel that's where I really got the work ethic that I have now is just seeing her she didn't give up she didn't um Although we didn't have all the things we wanted, we had the things on which we needed, um, but she kept pushing forward. She kept pushing forward. So um, just with that, it it wasn't, you know, a lot of money for us to do the, the extra activity, extracurricular activities, but it was the money that was given or not given to us, but to have us have the clothes on our back or to have those pencils on which we needed. So that's what I can remember is that my mom, she just worked, worked, worked. And just having that um, dedication to what she was doing just so that she was able to provide for her family. How has that led to your own successes, you think? What would you say is your so money moment now as an entrepreneur? Um. My so money moment would be to uh, going back to the philosophy of do I really need it? And is it going to how is it going to benefit me so that it can uh, get me to the next step? Say, for instance, um, as you were speaking about um, about um, production. Now, I know that's something that I have to get done. I know that it's coming um, because, as I said, I w- I hired an intern and I know um, just being able to uh, have that extra help allow me to do other things in reference to um, sales and creating those letters that need to get out to the clients or to follow up to those clients on which I hadn't necessarily had a chance to as of yet. Um, but I feel that... My money moment is, it's coming. It's coming. Yes. 
That's the first time someone has said I haven't had one yet. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think you're being humble. I mean, you won so many awards. You started yes. a business. You mm-hmm. have a really great money philosophy. You know, what are you waiting for? I, you know, honestly, I just want to make sure for me, I just, when you have, I guess just going back to the childhood thing, which really played a big role into who I am now. I just want to make sure that I am ready to receive everything that comes when it comes and just to make sure that I'm allocating how I'm supposed to. Now, I know I read, you know, one of your questions. It was like, what is the one thing you wish I wish I would have known, you know, growing up? And it's about how money. to mm-hmm. about money is to invest in to invest, how to invest in stocks so that it can be something that, you know, I can eventually reap a reward from. Um, so I just want to make sure that I know no more than I do know right now, which I am educating myself on. And I just want to be ready because I don't want to have those memories that I had, you know, as, as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to make sure that I can pass on something that's going to be sustainable for my kids. And that's something that they'll understand when they, you know, grow up or, you know, when they take their little piggy banks to the to the bank and we deposit those on a weekly basis, I want them to really know the meaning behind that. So. Um, so, yeah, I would I would definitely say that's that's something that, you know, is in the on. works. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Makes sense. What's something that you do habitually with your money currently as you're as you know, you have to still maybe get more educated or just get a, a, a firmer grip on investing. What's one healthy thing you are doing with your money now? Um, giving back to the church. Mm. That's one healthy thing that, that it, you know, it was instilled in me. It's something that I grew up with. It's one thing that I believe in. And that's the one thing that I do um, regardless of just regardless. Um, I just make sure that I, I give back um, to to the church. family. And you're not the first guest who has expressed uh you know, a devotion to their church and that's their mm-hmm. biggest charitable contribution every year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm curious. I, I never grew up in, a, in the church. I, I don't give to religious groups. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Um, how does the money that you give to your church give back to the community? I'm sure every church is different, mm-hmm. but what, how do you, um, what happens to your money when you give it to the church? From, from what I see, most um, churches are nonprofit organizations, and we all know what nonprofit organizations they you know they they need funds in order to operate and to continue to provide a service to the community. So I see it as you know keeping the lights on, mm-hmm. um, keeping the church clean, being able to supply it down to the toilet tissue or the hand soap. So just those little things that you know it, it means a lot yeah. um, to be able to sustain that building and to be able to have a place where people can come in and worship. Now, when I do give, I don't, honestly, I don't think about that, but um, I just give and then just with the hopes of that it's being allocated accordingly. All right, let's do some so many fill in the blanks. I don't do this as often as I used to with guests because our conversations just go all over the place, but we have a little bit of time left here. Let's have you finish these sentences. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million bucks, which even if I feel like that's a low number because with Powerball, sometimes it's like hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Yeah. The first thing I would do is donate to a nonprofit organization. Nice. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money, you said it was investing. Is that still true? Yes. Yeah. I think that's a lot of us. I didn't learn mm-hmm. anything about investing when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. How do you have that conversation with a 10-year-old? It's not always, um, you know, the funnest conversation. No. No. no but um, maybe that's another episode. Right. <laughs> um, when I spend my money, the one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? Well, I do spend it on household items. Household items. Like? Yes. Like snacks for my grow ever growing kids. <laughs> <laughs> that does make your life easier better because it gives them a distraction. Yes. Oh yeah. You can work. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yes. When I splurge, I like to buy X. Um the latest stationary trends. <laughs> yeah. How do you like, keep up? What do you read? What do you what do you follow? Like are you on Pinterest all day long? How does that work for you? I'm on Pinterest, um, but I try to, well, actually, you know, I've taken most of those apps off of my phone. So now it, it forces me to schedule some, put time in my schedule to sit online, to check Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, uh, those type of things, because I found when it was on my phone, that would hold my attention and I wouldn't get any work done. But um, I, I am on Pinterest and, and then the National Stationery um, magazine that comes out. And um, those are my main two because the stationary magazine lets you know what's coming up for the next year. And I just, that's the, I feel like that's the one thing that I depend on is just to look at that magazine because they already have the trends that are coming out for 2017. Okay. And you said you like to give to your church. So last but not least, I'm Courtney Daniel. I'm so money because I'm growing and I'm learning. Yeah. All right, Courtney, thank you so much for an honest interview and we wish you thank all you. the best. It sounds like you're thank really you. pursuing your, yeah, you're welcome. You're pursuing your passion and you've got a really nice support system at home and I'm, I'm really excited for you and, and thank, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Courtney Daniel for visiting us on So Money. If you'd like to learn more about her, check out her beautiful designs. I encourage you to go to cdanieldesigns.com. She's also on Twitter at cdanieldesigns. And if you missed any of this, hop over to somoneypodcast.com, download the audio, read the transcript, leave a comment, leave me a question at Ask Farnoosh. And then, of course, if you haven't yet, join the community. Sign up for the newsletter, the emails. That's the best way to stay in touch with what's happening behind the scenes, events, freebies, upcoming guests. So would love to connect with you that way. If you've yet to sign up, just uh, go to the homepage of somoneypodcast.com and uh, and you can register that way. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money. Money.